0: You are listening to an RPA Production, where people gather. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present... Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail Mm, mm, Hi, I'm Phil Hughes And I'm Jen Doherty, we're the creators of The Workshop Presents And you're listening
1: to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 2, where we talk about some movies and read some fiction. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can always contact me at Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook, or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show.
0: Welcome to Aaron's Christmas Show. Your normal host is uh, tied up at the moment. Stop talking, now host. We host show, isn't that right, Jing? Yeah, we're gonna host this show. Now we talk about our favorite Christmas movies. I am Kalachki, Christmas elf. My favorite Christmas movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way is Christmas story about great American toy, great American toy that's so good Arnold fights a bunch of people and kills them all. I really like that.
2: I don't think that's what the movie was about
0: it was set in minnesota though
2: yeah i think it was minnesota
0: yeah that's good enough hey why don't we continue our story i like our story i think we gotta untie the host okay guys i'll read the
1: story It's the most wonderful time of the year. The gruff boat captain for hire, Canadian, guided the ferry on the choppy seas. Jing stood at the bow of the ship, where the waves crashed against the hull and sprayed icy water on his face. Each time the boat crested wave, he'd feel the lurch in his gut when the vessel fell down the other side. He didn't mind. It was invigorating. He could have taken up Santa's sleigh, or even one of the smaller ones for elves. It was one of the few privileged to ride with the commander-in-chief but he didn't want to engage in conversation with anyone. Not the man in charge, nor the elves being carted around the world for their duties. After a mission, Jing would prefer reflection and solitude. Most of the elites would ride with the big man himself, where they would feast on milk and cookies and all the in-flight goodies they could want. The other elven kind would ride in the smaller sleighs that were pulled by one of the secondary unnamed reindeer. The lesser-known transports would have two beasts and pack the passengers as tightly as they could. While the smaller carriages were still painted with red, green, and silver, they were nowhere near as festive as the one being pulled by the nine most recognizable reindeer in the world. Instead of going home on Santa's sleigh, Jing had tucked his ears into his cap, taken flight, and hired a boat captain to take him home. For the sea part of his journey, he had entered a dive bar at the northernmost human town and hired a ferry to take him as far north as it would go. Their destination was an abandoned science station close to the North Pole. He had to convince the captain to go a day early to surprise the SEF's husband, Stephen. The old crusty sea dog had told him that no one would come until tomorrow morning and that there was no radio for support. There would also be no rescue. Jing had said he understood and offered a bonus. Canadian had grumbled and left the bar with the aging wooden counter to start his boat. It wasn't the first time Jing had hired this particular captain, but he wasn't surprised that the guy barely remembered him. By their nature, elves were easy to forget. It made Jing's job easier when he had to infiltrate a den of brigands attempting to skim what they could from Christmas. It made Jing sick to see people exploiting a holiday that had the primary purpose of making children happy. The boat crested a massive wave and crashed down the other side. The lurch was sharp enough that Jing had to hold on to the front of the vessel. He could hear the captain's chuckle from his perch at the ship's helm. The coot called out, You science types don't know what the sea is capable of. You can suck a man down in this water. You'll die of exposure before you drown unless a person happened to be an elf. They had a high tolerance for the cold. It was a little known fact that most elves put ice cubes in the swimming pool if the water was too warm. However, Jing didn't want to tell the guy that. Uh, just
2: don't sink the vessel and I'll be fine,
1: Jing called back. The captain laughed and pushed forward, unfazed by the turbulent waters. Once they had finally arrived at the abandoned station, Jing thanked the man and gave him some Canadian dollars. The SEFs were the few divisions with daily allowance of cash. Most of the problems that needed fixing were in the human world, where cash was king. Not everyone could be a paradise that ran on candy like the North Pole. He jumped off the boat and made his way to the science station. Jing bypassed the decaying concrete building and walked due north. The North Pole used to be accessible by dog sled. Then the sea ice started melting, and there was less and less every year now only his options were to travel by air or water the research station was one of the few islands where a person could still walk to the pole humans thought the island was tiny in reality there was an entire village ahead but if anyone tried to follow the elf they would find themselves back at the station only creatures of magic or passengers on one of the many sleighs could cross the barrier that divided the human world from his he walked through the snow swept landscape with rolling white hills after a while, he could see a red and green glow of the village in the twilight sky. After more trekking, he climbed the top of the hill, the larger and life moon poked out of the horizon. The town spread out before him, a magical place with brown gingerbread houses with green shingled roofs. On Main Street, the butcher, the baker, and the movie theater all had gingerbread themes all year round. After the promenade of businesses, the candy cane-lined streets led up to Santa's workshop on the hill overlooking the town. It was a magnificent building that used to house the entire operation. The elves used to hike their way up to make toys for all the girls and boys. However, as the population of the planet swelled, Santa had to outsource a lot of labor to China. The outsourcing of labor didn't put the workshop elves out of a job. As more and more families celebrated Christmas, more were needed for shelf duty, a practice where elves watched the children of the world and reported on their behavior. There was also sleighs landing day and night and porting presents for the big night of the year. They had to be sorted, processed, and ordered by delivery route. It was a global operation, and the North Pole was the center of it. Jing jogged down the hill and passed the snow-covered "'Welcome to the North Pole' sign. He made his way to the confectioners before the business closed for the night. An elderly elf with a warm smile greeted him at the door. She said, "'I was just about to turn the sign. Are you finished with another one of those top-secret missions?'
2: "'You know I can't talk about them, Holly,'
1: Jing said. "'Can't even give this old elf a hint?' I'll be turning a thousand yen this Monday. It's not like I could give up state secrets when I'm dead. You still have a
2: couple hundred years. You're looking
1: pretty fit and spry. <laughs> You're too kind. You want the same box for Stephen? She said as he wandered over to the display and peered in the chocolates.
2: Yeah. But on second thought, could you replace the raspberry with the coconut?
1: I thought Stephen hates coconut.
2: He almost never eats raspberry either i always end up having them. I might as well get what i like.
1: Well, something must have gotten into you. You're not a big one for change. Let's just
2: say things moved me this year. Hey, do you know anything about Australia?
1: Only that it's not so bad in the winter. Never been there myself. I had a cousin who decided to, uh, workshop life wasn't for him, you know? And he moved there. He's a nature photographer from what I hear. I imagine being an elf helps with that profession. Jing said, and there made their small talk while she finished collecting the chocolates. It was rare that elves left the North Pole to live with humans but not unheard of. Some elves didn't like Christmas. It was hard to believe, since elves were the only creature on the planet who willingly picked gingerbread color palette for their stucco exterior and bought candy cane mailboxes. He thanked Holly and left the house. Jing strolled down the main street. He greeted various elves going about their tasks. The town was a picture-perfect holiday postcard with wreaths at every door, The lights on every window and it was a paradise for Jing. The place was where he could forget all the killing and bloodshed. He turned down a few more streets and eventually made it home. He owned a squat ranch style house with frosted finishings that would rival the best cake. There was even candy coated chocolate doorknob. It wasn't real frosting, gingerbread walls, or chocolate. A real gingerbread house would disintegrate because of the weather at the top of the world. It was made to look like a candy abode that was made from real hard woods and other building materials. Jing walked up to the front door stoop and noticed something was wrong. The door cracked open slightly. His partner, Stephen left nothing open, ever. He didn't like the outside air. Even though elves had a naturally high tolerance for cold, they still didn't enjoy drafts. His S.E.F. training kicked in and he set the chocolates in the snow near the front steps. He pulled out his festive dagger and pushed open the entry. He crept in the house without making any noise. There were no signs of a disturbance. The living room was the same one he had left a few weeks earlier. Their holiday classics record collection, year-round Christmas tree, and crackling fireplace were all there. Stephen Jing always enjoyed curling up with a glass of mauled wine, with Bing Crosby on the player while they watched the snow. Jing turned to the main hallway leading to the bedroom, then tiptoed to the back, he heard a series of grunts, like somebody was being tortured. Jing followed the noise down the hallway to their bedroom. The doors opened just enough to peek through. Jing was horrified by what he saw. He could see the back of a fancy suit jacket. Stephen was on the bed with a hand grabbing his hair. He was crying out in pain as men tortured him. Boss Hanson's survivors must have sent their thugs for revenge. Jing's brain went into autopilot and he sprang into action. He kicked the door open and jumped the intruder. He knocked the man away from Stephen and pushed him up against their dresser. A few pieces of Stephen's glass husky collection fell to the ground and shattered. He punched the man in the face a few times to disorientate the guy and pressed a dagger against his throat. A bead of blood formed on the man's neck. Before the interrogation could begin, Stephen yelled, Jing, stop! Jing's mind snapped out of SEF mode. He looked down at the man. He was Latino, muscular, white shirt, loose tie, and most importantly, no pants. Jing looked back at Stephen. Stephen was completely naked. Sweat glistened from his husband's body. Jing lowered the dagger and let the man go. Would you mind
2: explaining what this man is doing in my
1: home? Jing said, controlling his urge to stab the guy. You know full well what he's doing, Stephen growled. You're gone for weeks at a time. You don't even call?
2: I can't call. You know the mission protocol.
1: Even when you are home, you don't talk to me. All you want is to listen to those stupid records and, and read. We barely say two words to each other. I'm
2: tired. You try waterboarding at a toy exec who makes unsafe toys for six hours and see how you feel.
1: That was you, the Latino man said. You stay out of this. Jing pointed the blade at the man. The guy put his hands up. Now you're threatening Julio? Steven said and stepped in between them. How did a human end up here anyway? He's a traveling salesman for Marvel's action figure line. I got some limited edition Iron if you would want them, Julio said. Shut up, both Stephen and Jing yelled. Stephen held his lover's arm and said, At least Julio comes to visit every time he is here. He talks to me.
2: We have plenty of conversation, Jing
1: said. Oh, yeah? When? What did we talk about last time we were here?
2: I don't know. Was that three weeks ago? You think this guy's going to be any better? He's a traveling salesman, for Christ's
1: sake. That's exactly my point. Julio may travel as much as you, but he texts me every time the plane lands. We video chat every night. You can't even remember the last time we talked. We also go to nice places. We go to Norway, Jing offered. Nice, warm places. I live in the cold all year. So you just want to throw away a hundred years of marriage? No, I just don't want to throw away the next few hundred years. I don't know if I live that long, Julio said, unless Crisper. Shut up! Both Jing and Stephen yelled. The point is, Stephen said, this marriage was over years and years ago. I was just too cowardly to admit it. This is quite the way to tell me, Jing sneered. I thought you were coming on ferry. The next one wasn't scheduled until tomorrow. I wanted to surprise you. This is my fault, Stephen rubbed Jing's shoulder. I wanted to tell. The S.E.F. pulled away.
2: No, it's mine. I wasn't there. You did what else do. You found someone to celebrate life with. Just so you know, I was going to school for you. Night school. I was going to be a dental hygienist. I was going to get a day job for you. I just don't want to get your hopes up until I had something solid.
1: You love what you do. Do you think I didn't know that? You'd never be happy as a dental hygienist, Stephen said. Jing didn't have a response. He turned down the hallway and walked. He called back. There's some chocolates on the front porch. You take em, Stephen called back.
2: Why don't you share them with your
1: new lover? You always try to get the last word. Whatever, Jing screamed while he went down the hallway. That's not a good last word. Stephen's voice came back in the distance. Jing stormed out of the house. He kicked the chocolates in frustration and then poked his head back inside and yelled, No one can have them. Happy now. That's not a good one either. Jing huffed and went out into the night. Walking in a winter wonderland, Jing took the long way through town for once, All the excessive cheer got to him. He couldn't stand to see all the happy elf couples holding hands, window-shopping at boutiques and riding sleighs together. The jingle bells formed a pit in his stomach, and the smell of holiday space made him nauseous. He stopped at a small thrift store where he'd bought all the records. He'd spent hours browsing the Christmas music and looking for an album that he didn't already own. Stephen would browse the clothes or look for those velvet pants that were just the right shade of green that fit his slender body. Jing thought he enjoyed their shopping trips, but wondered if it was another way to avoid conversation with each other. He moved through the town, avoiding contact from well-wishers. At the elf-sized furniture store, they were advertising blowout prices of this year's Christmas themes where angels were all the rage. There's a dining set with angelic legs where the wings spread out to support the tabletop it was lovely and it would have gone well in their house jing held back a tear and pushed forward he decided to avoid the cozy shopping district altogether and turned down a residential street it was much worse than the businesses because of the night he could see into the well-lit living rooms where all the people were eating and enjoying the company of friends One couple sat on a couch with hot cocoa in front of a fire. The pit in his stomach was too much. He stumbled into some juniper hedges and vomited. Once he got everything out, he sat down next to the mess. He wanted to cry, but he couldn't. The S.E.F. training taught him to bury his emotions deep. But hundreds of years of happy times were hard to just give up. He needed something to occupy his mind. He needed to get Stephen off of it. The only problem was that it was mid-December. The SEF rarely worked in mid-December, even though almost all Elvenkind was preparing for the big night of the year. All the shady businesses, Black Friday badness, and circumstances that would require a fixer happened earlier in the year. By the time Christmas rolled around, the fixers would just sit back and watch what they worked so hard to accomplish during the rest of the year play out. As a result, Jing always took a vacation this time of year. He was one of the few elves who celebrated Christmas on the actual day. Most of the elves would have their tremendous holiday party on Boxing Day. Since Jing was never much for big crowds and wild parties, he'd take off with Stephen, and they'd spend time in the human world, mostly Norway. He even had a plane ticket and hotel reservations. However, the thought of taking off to Norway without Stephen sickened him. He needed to work and focus on something else. There was always so much to do this time of year, Jing was sure Santa would have something for him. He'd make toys in a workshop in China. Anything was better than sitting next to his own vomit in a juniper bush. Jing climbed out of the shrubbery and headed towards the mansion on the hill. Jing stood outside Santa's bedroom at the end of a red-carpeted hallway that seemed to stretch into infinity from the direction from whence he came. The entry was large and ornate with polished brass handles. He didn't want to disturb the big man if he was curling up to a good book and some hot cocoa. However, Jing needed work. There was no question he had to do something. He knocked and waited. After a moment or two, the door creaked, and Santa peeked out from the other side. He was wearing a white tank top and boxers. There was a white powder on his mustache and nose. His eyes were bloodshot. Santa, Jing said, are you eating snowball cookies in there? Santa wiped his nose and sniffed. He let out a satisfactory grunt and said... (sighs) (sighs) You know, so on and so forth. Uh, how, How can I help? The giggle of women could be heard in the room. When Jing craned his neck to see what was happening, he saw two women in what looked like swimming suits on an antique red velvet couch. Jing looked back towards Santa and said,
2: Is everything okay? Who are they?
1: Uh, just some sales associates. We have an important meeting. Could you tell me what you want already? Um, I want a job. You have a job. Aren't you supposed to be on vacation? Look, I'll do anything. I'll even work in China. There's no sense in you doing that. It would be a waste of your talents. Look, if you really want something to do this time of year, we can always use more shelf time. Go see Sugar Plum down in scheduling and she'll find a home for you.
2: Yeah, that would be great. Thank you.
1: Before Jing could even finish his sentence, Santa slammed the door. Before the SCF got two steps down the hallway, the door opened and Santa poked his head out. Oh, and Jingles... Uh, Please don't tell Mrs. Claus about this meeting. I'm afraid she just doesn't understand the intricate world of marketing. Before Jane could respond, the door closed again. A rubinous elf with a broad smile worked in the basement of Santa's palace. She had a white blouse and a green skirt. It went down to her heels. Her red cap was festive as her makeup. She sat at a dented, scraped counter that used to give out tools... To all the elves coming from the village. Now she uploaded coordinates as the Denzins of the North Pole filed for their shelf duty assignments. Since the workers came from a set of doors leading from the fridge night air, Jing's arrival from further in the mansion caused some heads to turn. Without regard to the queue, he walked up to her desk and told her about Santa's wishes. Sugarplum furled her brow and rummaged through her desk drawers. Jing looked at the line behind him.
2: Just give me the coordinates of the kid, and I'll find my way there.
1: I'm afraid it's not that simple, she said. When you're on shelf duty, you need to report all their behavior. The naughty and nice list, it doesn't maintain itself, you know. So how do we do that, Jing asked. Email or something. The others behind him glanced at each other. It wasn't every day an SEF mingled with the general population. The North Pole South was a part of the city on the other side of the hill from the picturesque village where Jing lived. There were rows upon rows of tenement housing where the lower-class elves lived. Even though both sides of the town were about the same distance south of Santa's true north domicile, the poor side of the city got labeled south because the elite elves wanted to feel they were north. Stephen had grown up on the south side of town. He'd lived there with generations of elves packed together in a squalid, single-bedroom place and was part of the waitstaff of one of Santa's parties where they had met. After their encounter in the men's room, Jing had invited him out for fudge. His husband's family still lived on the south side of town, but because of the good fortune of marrying up the social ladder, they bought one of those few single-family homes, the southern elves, who made it, but didn't really feel right in the north. Sugarplum chided him, "'You think I have time to sort through emails about all the children in the world? I barely keep up with handling assignments.' The line was nearing the door. Jing responded, Fine, give me what I need so I can go. The last thing Jing wanted was Stephen's relatives showing up. He knew that almost everyone from the south side did shelf time during the season. Sugar finally found what he needed and pulled one of the tablets and plopped it in front of her. She booted it and shoved it into Jing's hands. Go and register this device. I'll take care of this line while you do that. She got the else moving and Jing waited. For Christmas lights at the bottom of the screen. They were lighting up one at a time while the screen read, Please wait. The light finally lit at the very end. It asked him to enter his information. He went through the very screens. Finally, he had to type in his banking information. He was floored by how few gumdrops shelf time paid. He could spend an entire week's pay in, like, a day. After he got to the final screen, he came to the empty calendar. It said they had no pending assignments. He cut to the front of the queue again. Sugarpum looked at her computer and said, We have an Intel Christmas tent temp or hourly. What's the difference? Jing asked. The Intel Christmas will have you at the same kid's house until Christmas Eve, unless they end up on the naughty list. The temp will be covering here and there for a couple days, and hourly will give you going all across the city, stepping in for elves who go out to lunch, have doctor's appointments, and whatnot. That one is nice because you're not working all the time. And you get to see a little bit of human culture while you're there, waiting for your next assignment.
2: Don't the children notice when a different elf is hanging around their house?
1: Sugar Plum laughed. We all look the same to humans, trust me, they won't notice.
2: I'll take the until Christmas stint.
1: Are you sure? We recommend new recruits take temporarily to learn the ropes. You might not like the kids you're assigned.
2: I'll take the Christmas one.
1: Fine, fine, it's your call. Here, I'll give you a middle-class family in Seattle. I'll be surprised if you have to fill out any incident reports. Incident reports. She rolled her eyes and said, Yeah, it's how you convey naughty behavior. It's just a few short steps on the and N app. Remember, you are the eyes and ears of Santa. Now get to Sleigh 342 and quit holding up my line. Jing turned towards the door where his fellow elves exited into the night air. Turned out he was going to have to take a sleigh after all.
0: Oh God! All right, you stop talking now. We do more next week, huh? By the way, listen to other RPA. There's like lots of good shows. There's real paranormal
1: activity on 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 Mondays and Terry on on two on Wednesday and 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 the Sandman's. L-
0: you you stop talking now. I I sleep. I want to sleep.